Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Do you need a reason to, know, to believe that? <laughs> well, if you haven't been listening, uh, you'll get one more chance because everything I'm about to preach has already been spoken by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> like exact verses, Andrew Grant. Um, he does this every, almost every time I speak, I'm always at a loss, like, what am I going to talk about? Like, <laughs> so I just feel like I'm always, always behind because I wait so long to like get that really loud word and it never comes. I always dig something up and like, okay, I can go with this. And then during worship, it's like, he just, he unleashes the confirmation. Like you can't believe, uh, last winter, I think Penn had a bunch of people speaking and I had the same experience, I ended up planning to, to preach about Mary, and we had three people preaching that night, and the first two people preached about Mary, and it was just like, you're going to want to get to know her. It was a great experience. <laughs> yeah, so, so specific verses. Um, come is a big word. Andrew, Andrew spoke it into existence. Uh, Heidi, you sang a really short line, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Uh, knowledge of the Father, to really know him, that's what I want to talk about, is because if, if, if we can really know him, it opens, up, it opens up what Jeff was talking about, that you don't waver, that there's something to stand on, that there's something to, to work toward, something to work for. So... <laughs> just kind of processing this. I'm going to preach to myself today. Uh, I'm going to preach to you, hopefully. Because um, I've been, I've been, I've talked to some of you, I've been struggling spiritually, you know, coming out of a period of exhaustion, it's really hard to, to be spiritual and tired at the same time. And I feel like I'm just coming out of this season of exhaustion. And uh, I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the world right now, and Jeff, you can confirm this. I'm a school teacher. I teach eighth grade math uh, in Penyan, and being a public school teacher is actually kind of hard right now, <laughs> if you're a Christian. I'm sure it's not hard for some people, but uh, it's just hard, and I've been coming to the Lord, and I've been trying to find what he wants me to do, what he wants me to say, what stands he wants me to take. And I just feel like I get it wrong every single time. Like, what I want to do is not the thing that he wants me to do. And I, th and I think I'm hearing from him, and it's like, no, actually, you're going to want to do something a little different. I know it's not what you want, but it's what I want. <clears throat> and so I'm just bouncing back and forth between, okay, do I take a stand? Do I not take a stand? Uh, should I take a stand on this? Is it time to take a stand? No. Okay, submit. <laughs> and it's just getting this crazy back and forth. So finally I was like, you know what? You just need to teach me, Lord. <laughs> you just need to teach me. I just, I just pray that, Lord, teach me. And he brought me to the, this passage. I'm going to start in John chapter 13 today. I'm going to read a lot of verses, uh, and I'm going to tell a story straight from Scripture. So I'm going to start in, in John chapter 13. I'm going to read that to you because Jesus is the teacher. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to start in John 13. I'm going to read this. This is Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Hopefully I can point out a little bit of, uh, about Jesus, and then we're going to look at Peter and his, his involvement in this story. Uh, we're going to look at sort of some theological things, and 
hopefully that'll lead us to a better understanding of, of who we are and how we, how we should act and, and respond in this season. Chapter 13, it says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was already in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Uh, he came to Simon Peter and said to him, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Peter said, well then, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked. In verse 13, he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done, you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So this is just a great story uh, of Jesus as a teacher. And that's what, what stood out to me when I said, Lord, teach me. He, he brought me to this verse in verse 13 where he says, like, you call me teacher, and it's a good thing you call me that because that's what I am. Uh, and so I think it's important to know that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, in the first few verses, John points out the power behind what Jesus is about to do. And I think it's important for us to know in, in this season uh, that Jesus served others, but he did it very specifically. Um, he, he points out that the power behind his, his servanthood is that he knew his identity. Uh, in, verse, in verse 1, it says, Jesus knew that the hour had come. So he understood the season. He understood the times. He knew what was coming next. And then in verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And that was the thing that motivated him to get up and serve. Jesus served from a place of understanding his identity. Um, just, just earlier, a chapter earlier in, in John chapter 12, uh, Jesus starts talking about his identity. And it's important, it's, it's really interesting what he says in, in John 12, 23. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, and anyone who, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. 
My Father will honor the one who serves me. And so there's this part of Jesus that's fully, fully man, fully human. Um, and so he, he has to go through this process of figuring out his purpose, figuring out his identity. It's something that is a journey that we're all on. And, and Jesus had that too. And so he had to seek out his purpose. He, he studied the scriptures. He listened to the words of his father. He, he, he had to find his purpose. And in John chapter 12, in those verses, he kind of explains, and he does it in other, in other senses, in other times. But he, he says that he found his identity. And we see Jesus in John chapter 13, verse 3, saying that he knew that all things were put under his authority. And so Bill Johnson has this quote that uh, Jesus is perfect theology. And so I just want to say that one thing that God spoke to me was that if you're going to serve others in this season, if you're going to take a stand in this season, you're going to want to do it from a place of identity and not desperation. And so Jesus, he's, he's fully human, he's fully God, but this understanding that his humanity helps us understand his deity. To, to know how he responded and how he acted as, a, as a, a man on earth, we understand the power that he has as Jesus. Uh, that's what I want to talk about today, is the, the power of Jesus. In John chapter 13, verse 13, uh, verse 15. It says, I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And so Jesus being perfect theology, we can take any story, uh, any parable, any example, and we can use that as a guide. And that's what's so great about the Gospels and the, the red letters is we can use what he said. But there's certain lessons that Jesus chose to teach by example. And there's only three that I can find where he actually showed specifically. He taught by example. He led by example, but he, he taught specific lessons by example and then pointed out that he was teaching by example. Like, this is exactly how you're going to want to do this. And this is one of them. Um, this is actually the, the second time this happens. Uh, but this part in the middle with Peter is a common theme among all three lessons in which he teaches by example. And so we're going to look, I'm going to look at those three lessons today because I think that they speak loudly about the things that Jesus finds important, uh, about, his, about how to confer his kingdom on earth. Um, and I think that Peter's example in all three is something that we can relate to. Uh, Peter's a very interesting character throughout Scripture. Uh, it's just an, an amazing story, and I think it, his story is our story. Um, so the three lessons that Jesus teaches uh, by example, and he says it's by example. That's what I'm going to go through right now. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 to 30. This little section of scripture is Jesus revealing the Father and, and revealing knowledge of the Father and how the Father is revealed in the Son. It says in verse 27, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Verse 28 says, Come to me, all you are, 
who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so it's that phrase in verse 29, it says, learn from me. That's the same word in, in the Greek of teaching by example from John 13. And so this is the, the lesson is, is to, to come, come and learn from me. And the, what he's teaching in this is knowledge of the Father. He wants, he wants us, he wants Peter, which we'll see in a second, to, to know the Father, and so Peter learns this lesson just a couple chapters later in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 is the start. It's where he walks on water. And so if you know the story, the disciples get into a boat and there's a storm. The, the ship can't prevail through the storm, but somehow Jesus comes walking on the storm and he's prevailing just fine. Um, and so they see him, they think he's a ghost, I think, in this story, uh, and they, they're crying out, and Jesus said to them in verse 27, he says, take courage, it is me, don't be afraid. And so Peter comes in as a student, he, he, he hears Jesus say, take courage, and he does that part, he takes courage, and so he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water, and Jesus says the same verse that he said a couple chapters earlier is that word come. All he had to do was say, come to me, come to me. And it's, it's that same word of come to me, those who are weary and burdened, that he used. And, and it's a call to follow Jesus. It's a call to come to Jesus. And so this, this first lesson that Jesus teaches by example, the first lesson is holiness. Uh, it's a very important lesson that he wants for us to have. It's, it's, it's holiness. It's knowledge of the Father through the Son, through revelation. It's a respond to the call to come to Jesus. And the, the result is walking where others can't. Uh, I don't know who it was. Uh, Nathan Finocchio, I think, is, is some, someone that I listen to. He, he sit the, he'll sit there on a dock and... He knew Peter could walk on water, and so he prayed, and, and he, would walk, he would not walk on water. He would fall in. <laughs> um, and so we, we, try, we try to do these things. We try to learn. We try to uh, go where others can't go. And a lot of times we're like Peter, and we just fail the entire lesson, and we sink. <laughs> so Peter, our student, fails, fails this first lesson by sinking. Lesson two, it's, it's back, the second event is back in John chapter 13 with the washing of the feet. I read it earlier. Uh, it's this hot and cold, it's this back and forth, it's do I take a stand, do I not take a stand? Uh, Jesus comes to Simon Peter like, dude, you just watched like probably eight, nine, ten, maybe other people get their feet washed. You could have just sat there. Uh, and, and gone with it, even though you didn't understand it. But P Peter doesn't do that. <laughs> and he's totally me in this situation. He's like, you're going to wash my feet? Jesus is like, yep. Peter's like, no, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Don't even touch my feet. <laughs> and Jesus is like, if, you, if I don't do this, you have no part in me. He's like flip-flopping flip back to the other side. He's like, all right, then just spray me with a fire hose, clean it all out. Uh, but it's just so interesting that he, he flips flip-flops back and forth. 
You know, and this is how I've handled things. You, you just go from, from hot to cold, from fire to ice, from one, one end, one extreme to the other. And Peter, he just, all he had to do was sit there. And he, he just failed this lesson by trying to control things. Uh, and that's, that's a way that I fail a lot, too, is when I try to control things. But, but Jesus is so kind. In, the, in, this, in this lesson, he, it's not an all-or-nothing thing, and he shows Peter this. He shows that there's this sweet spot in the middle with Jesus that we want to find. He's not necessarily an extremist on one end or the other, but he's always that guiding path. He's always the path down the middle that, uh, for me, he's always the path down the middle. It makes, it, it makes sense. And so the second lesson is about obedience. And so the first lesson is holiness. The second lesson is obedience. Peter knows that he, he doesn't get to control the situation. Jesus is in, in control, and he'll learn this a little bit more later on. Um, so yeah, we try to find that sweet spot. We try to come into this place where we're in full obedience, and Jesus doesn't he doesn't send us this way, he doesn't send us this way, but he keeps us in the middle right where he is um, because he said earlier, those who serve me must, will also be with me. The third lesson that Jesus teaches by example that I can find in Scripture uh, is found in Luke chapter 22. Uh, and it's the story of Passover. It's kind of a long story. Um, Jesus sends out Peter and John to find a place to have the Passover, and they do it. It's a, a word of revelation that Jesus speaks. They go and they find a person who's bringing water, and he takes them to the upper room to show them where they can make preparation for uh, the Passover. And then he takes them through, and uh, he, leads, he leads them in communion. What we celebrate now is as communion. He takes them through that process where he breaks the bread, and he offers the wine, and he he leads them into this lesson by example of do this in remembrance of me. This is how I want you to do it. This is how we, we do it still. It's, it's a great picture, um, and it's a great lesson. And so I think it's important here that we get down to, uh, that he goes through this communion, and then he says uh, in verse 22, the end of verse 22, woe to the man that betrays him, and then the disciples start arguing about who's going to be the best among them, and it's just total chaos. But he says something really interesting uh, down in verses, I'll start in verse 28. He says, you are those who have stood by me in trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. And so it's that picture where that's he's teaching by example. It's just as the Father has done, this is what I want you to do. Just as we communed here, I'm going to confer a kingdom on you here. And so the, the thing that God spoke to me is that uh, communion confers the kingdom. And I, it says, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may be able to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And so that's, just, that's what Jesus teaches. He teaches that communion confers the kingdom. And when you come into this place of, of unity and remembrance of Christ, you, you are conferring the kingdom. 
Peter, Peter's involvement in this, uh, it's, it's not so great. His lesson begins in verse 31, where it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And you'd think that Jesus' prayer would be answered, that uh, Peter would not fail. Uh, so Jesus is making a prediction here. He goes on to say in verse 34 that I tell you, the, uh, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times. And so Peter goes through this lesson by example that it's not a very encouraging lesson. Uh, but Jesus says something a little bit more specific in his prediction. Uh, Matthew's gospel adds this piece in. So this is, this is a really important and interesting thing that he says. So in Matthew chapter 26... Uh, Jesus predicts Peter's denial, but he says something that's really interesting, and this is the part where we, we can identify with Peter. We can identify based on his experience, our experience, uh, should be similar to this. Um, so Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 26, uh, I'll start in verse 31, he said, this is the very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I will never. Truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, Jesus said, you will disown me three times. And Peter still didn't believe it. But we all know the story. Uh, Peter denies Christ three times in one night. <laughs> and... So Peter fails this lesson by denial. But as I was reading this story, there was something that stood out to me. That it's that verse 32 in Matthew chapter 26. It says, but after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And that seemed like a really non-unimportant statement for Jesus to make. Like, uh, okay, he talked about his resurrection before. Uh, but I'm going to go in front of you into Galilee is just something that, like, it was almost so simple it shouldn't mean anything. Uh, and so I looked, I looked at what happened. Like, after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Uh, and so to find out what the lesson is about, we turn over to Matthew chapter 28. This is after Jesus has... Uh, been crucified and lifted up, and all, all men have been brought to him. Something interesting happens in Matthew chapter 28. Even though Peter had failed this, this lesson by denying Christ, uh, what, there's just something that happens in Galilee. And so in Matthew chapter 28, verse 7, uh, it says, he's, he's speaking to the, the women after he's resurrected, he says, Go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. Again in verse 10, Jesus says, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. And then down in verse 18, he, we actually pick up the story. And the first thing that Jesus says to them when they get to Galilee is that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And we find out what the lesson, the third lesson is about. It's about authority. And so Jesus teaches, what, from what I can find, three lessons by example. One on holiness, one on obedience, and one on authority. And 
I think the fact that he teaches these by example makes them stand out as important in, in his mind. I also find it interesting that in all three lessons, Peter's the student. Because he's going to build his kingdom, and who's the rock upon which the kingdom will be built? Lesson three is, is about authority. And so Peter, Peter seems to have failed, but Peter wasn't in control. Jesus was in control. Jesus was given all authority. And so in every lesson that Jesus teaches by example, he plans for and redeems Peter's failures. When Peter was walking on water and he started to sink, Jesus lifted him out. In lesson two, no matter how much Peter tries to control the situation, he still comes out clean. In lesson three, when he had denied Christ three times, Jesus still conferred the kingdom to Peter. Because when he died and when he was buried, after he was resurrected, all authority was given to him. Peter was never in authority. He was never the person, we are never the person who actually accomplishes these, these lessons. These things that we're supposed to do in this season, it's not about us. We don't have the authority. Jesus has the authority. He already planned to be in authority before you entered into this season. And he already has conferred the kingdom at the end of your season. All authority. He, he, handles, he hands over his authority. He says, go and make disciples. You don't do that on your own authority. It's just so, it's so perfect. Like, you, you try, you try, you try. You try this way, you try this way. You think of other ways to try, but you don't think you should try them. And it's like, <laughs> you might as well try them. Because if you fail, Jesus is going to overwrite that failure with the thing that he decided he was going to do. Peter's life lessons with Jesus in these three lessons, that's, that's our story. Jesus, he's, he just planned all this. Like, he predicted Peter's denial before it happened. He, he knew that he was going to build his kingdom on Peter as the rock, it's, even though he was sinking down in the, like, he was sinking like a rock. So I, I love Peter. I love that he's just this frazzled person. He's, he fails every lesson <laughs> until Jesus is resurrected. And you can see it. If you read First Peter, Second Peter, you go there and uh, just thumb through. Look at the headings. I'll read some that are in my Bible. Once the kingdom is conferred on Peter, he doesn't fail anymore. And it's beautiful. In First Peter, he, he talks about living holy lives, living in holiness. He talks about being holy. He talks about being obedient. First Peter 1.22, he says, Now that you have purified yourselves 
by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. And he gets these lessons. This, this place that knowledge of the Father allows him to walk in places that others can't and others won't. He gets this lesson that you're supposed to serve other people from a place of identity instead of desperation. And he does that. He does that through, through at Pentecost. He does that in, through his epistles. That's all he teaches. The student becomes the teacher. He talks about living from identity, which is so powerful because I, I, in this season, I'm liv- I've been living from a place of desperation. I've been living from a place of, God, you've got to be doing something, but I don't know what it is, and so I'm just, I'm back and forth. I'm all over the place. But when we see Jesus serving, serving the disciples, his servanthood in that moment was from a place of identity, knowing who he was in, in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you're in the one who holds all authority. And that's the gospel. Your failures won't keep you from conferring the kingdom on other people because Jesus already wrote the ending of the story. There's a verse in Haggai that says, uh, Jesus, he'll be the publisher of peace. And it's this, this word, this prophetic word that says, no matter what story you write, you send it into the editor and somehow it comes out as peace. Somehow it comes out as power, authority, obedience, holiness. And so you pursue, you pursue knowledge of the Father, you live in obedience, you, pers- you try to live a holy life, all authority will be given to you. If there's a circumstance that you're facing right now where you lack the authority to, to make change happen, you just stay. Stay where, where Jesus is. It's, it's the gospel. In John 12, he said, that My servant is where I am. And then later in that verse, he said, and when I am lifted up from the earth on the cross, I'll draw all people to myself. And so he says that you'll serve, you'll be my servant if you're with me. And then later he says that you're always going to be with me. And when when he gives the great commission in Matthew, he says that in the last verse of Matthew, he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I just want to speak that over you. I don't know if you're struggling as much as I'm struggling, but uh, Peter is a great example because he lives most of his life by failure until the resurrection and the power and the authority of Jesus through the resurrection is conferred to him. It's the same power and authority that's been conferred to us if we believe in Jesus, that, that God raised him from the dead and that he's the son of God. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray. Yeah, let's stand. I just want you, I want you to reach out. I was going to pray for some people in authority today, but Scripture tells us that it's all of you. So I just, just uh, put a hand on your shoulder, lay hands on yourself. You can lay hands on the person next to you and you just say, Jesus, I receive the authority of the kingdom that I don't have to chase, I don't have to fight with swords, I don't have to chop people's ears off. All I have to do is be with you, to know you, to really know you. And so, God, I pray that through every hand right now, you just raise up people who are, are, are dutifully bound to live in holiness, that they're obedient to you, But most importantly, Lord, I pray that you'd raise up a people 
with authority. Authority to confer your kingdom on earth to those who believe. And Lord, we pray for every opportunity that you give us. We pray that even though we may fail, that we won't feel like a failure, we won't apply that feeling uh, as truth, but that we will, we will know without a shadow of a doubt that you've conferred your kingdom in us and that we can confer it in others. We can pass it along. We can give it. And so Jesus, we just pray that every hand and every heart would just receive that message, that they would receive that word of encouragement, um, that they would go and that they would approach this, this next week, this next day, this next month, uh, six months, whatever, whatever we're facing, Lord, that you would, you would give them supernatural power and authority in every dealing, in every working moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for allowing me to process that. Um, that was good. Uh, aren't you glad the Holy Spirit, he, he's, he wasn't doing things by chance today. I don't know if I noticed it during worship that he, he started speaking something a long time ago. So bless you. Receive the word of the Lord in Jesus' name.